Okay, hi guys, welcome to this week's podcast. Um, on this episode, we're going to be talking about stubbornness and the extent to open-mindedness, if I'm correct. Mindness, or is it, is it open-mindedness or open-mindedness? The doc said mindedness, so that's yeah. just how I'm going to go. That's a mystery for another day. <laughs> okay, so does anyone want to start first? I don't really, like, have anything, like, specific to say about it. I mean, like, on the topic of stubbornness, I feel like my mom says a lot that I'm really stubborn, but, like, I am. I like, I just like it when things go my way, like, like, I don't, like, I don't know, I guess sometimes it can be, like, a pro, but then also it's, like, a con, it has, like, both, like, both sides, it can be, like, a good thing and a bad thing, you know what I mean? It can be, yeah, I'm definitely, I've been told I'm stubborn. And yeah. I'm not wrong, or I mean, they're not wrong. I feel like it also depends on the situation too, like whether to be stubborn or whether to be open-minded. Like I feel like if you're in a group setting and like the like situation, like if you have like an option and the option affects the whole group, I feel like you have to be open-minded because you're not just thinking about yourself in that kind of situation. You're thinking about the whole group. But then I feel like if if it's if it's a situation where like something only affects you, I feel like you should be able to say like what you want and like want what you want to happen if if it's only affecting like yourself. Exactly. Like for example, in like a group project, you can't just like say that your idea is the best and then just like leave it at that. Yeah. That's like that's like kind of like when the person's like, okay, I'll just like come up with everything and you just exactly. like do what I tell you to do like that's not how a group project works you know what I mean exactly I feel like like in an individual project you should do what you want to do like that's when you should be stubborn but not like Mm -hmm. like when you're in a big group and everyone's like opinion matters so Mm -hmm. yeah exactly when I was younger I was like I I wouldn't say I was stubborn I would just prefer to work by myself a lot more because like it's easier in a way because like if you're trying to work with a partner then both of you have to talk about what idea you're going to do and how exactly that's going to work whereas if if you're working by yourself it's just quicker yeah and especially with working with a group ideas can clash really easily especially if you're like like I know some teachers like they're like okay you can work with like a partner and you can choose your partner so usually you'll choose your friend and like you and that friend will kind of have similar ideas but I hate it when like they assign groups to people no, that like are it. like actual strangers like they'll be like I want you guys to like get to know each other like bro- broaden your horizons like meet new people but like that's not the type of person I am I, I can say that for a lot of people too like they don't want to just go and work on a project with like some stranger because they're not comfortable in that setting I get it and I get that perspective um I personally like prefer like I'd obviously love to work with friends but um I personally don't really care because mm-hmm. Like, in a way, if you got assigned to somebody, like, if you got assigned to, like, a random group, then you can complain to the teacher that that person's not doing work, and they'll probably be more likely to listen to you. Whereas if you're working with your friend, for example, the teacher may say, okay, well, you chose to work with that person. Well, yeah, but I feel like, okay, then maybe it's just, like, a a personal thing, because I feel like whenever I work with my friends, we always get our work done, even if it's, like, not in class like we'll always get it done at home we're like yeah we do too we just goof off a lot in class yeah 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 that's understandable like 
we don't really like slack off like we like come up with things but I'm like saying in the sense where like like let's say you're put in a group with like random people like yeah you should be open-minded but it's also really easy to like not create conflict but I guess yeah in a sense like not like a huge problem where there's like one stuff but like obviously if you don't know a person you don't know what they're like they're like you know unless your friends are like very opposite to you you and your friends like are pretty similar you know what each other you like and like doing a group project with them will be pretty easy to do because like Mm -hmm. but like working with a stranger like you don't really know so like exactly especially if it's I'm sorry no you go you go I'm sorry if it's if it's like one of those group projects where you have to like meet up at someone's house I've um, never done that I've you've never, never done that yeah I always like I mean like this year I feel like the only class that I have group projects in is like a push and like it's with he never like assigns us people to do it with it's always like you choose like do it like oh. two or three people in a group and I always choose the same people and we always get our work done but like never in the past, like maybe that's just how my school works. Like we never have projects where we have to go to somebody else. Oh, um, actually, for me it's the opposite. For A push, that's the one subject where I work by myself because literally he just like um like goes through slideshows and like we just take quizzes and tests and we only have like yeah. one project each semester. I would assume A push would just be like lectures, but my teacher assigns group projects like twice a week. Which I mean, that makes it fun. Yeah, it's fun, but it gets tiring after a while because at yeah. some point you're like, oh my god, another group project. It's like, I don't know. But, well, you can, yeah, yeah, what were you going to say? Fun. What were you going to say? Oh, um, first of all, I'm so sorry for cutting you off. Uh, if you no, want, no, it's fine. I wasn't going to say anything important, but I just, I just wanted to know what you were going to say. Oh, um, uh, so you take physics, right? Yes. <laughs> so you have your lab group. Do you know everyone in your lab group? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you do? Oh. Yeah, like, like of course I know them. But, like, this I mean, time... You know them, like, but, like, do you know yeah. them? Yeah, like, I'm friends with them. Like, last, like, usually what my teacher does is, like, he gives us an assigned seats. And so for the past, like, we have, like, a lab report every, like, we have quarters. Like, we have semesters, and then in the semester we have two quarters. Mm-hmm. So each quarter we have a lab report. So the last three lab reports um I've done with like like sometimes I'll have friends at my table but it's not like all friends but this time I think it'll be with all my friends because we got to choose our tables this time so nice so yeah we kind of got assigned like okay yeah we have the exact same like semester quarter system um my last last quarter my seating chart I knew everyone at my table this um quarter I still know people on my table but like you're not I still know everyone in my class and that's a problem because we're almost done with the year but (laughs) yeah um because we like some kids like switch classes you know some kids may like drop out after a semester some kids may like like for example like you can like drop out like our school kind of has like a set dropout date I think it was in like November October or something but if you want to like drop a class you can and it won't go on your transcript as, like, a fail or something. Oh, my school has it, like, you have 11 days after the start of the school year. Or, like, it's, like, before October, definitely. It's, like, before September ends, you have to get, like, your schedule set. 
Oh, we have a bit of a different system. We have a while because the teachers want to make sure that we like fully understand how the class is going to work before we decide if we want to stay in or not. Because like if you don't have any exams Mm -hmm. and then you take your first exam and you fail that exam and you're like, okay, I want to drop the class, but you can't drop the class. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I think there was like these there was like this girl in my physics class and she was there for like a good month and a half. And then like after she just wasn't there, but it was well past the date like the deadline where you could like switch classes and then there was another guy who came into my class like in November or December or something and like that's also well past the deadline so I don't know if it works differently but I don't know I don't know we had so many kids drop physics for us um oh I'm so sorry I've been like hiding in a cocoon um but I I wonder what Madison's doing (laughs) Sorry, I'm just so busy, you know, trying to work my, you know, microphone. I've been so busy. So hopefully it, wow. it works now. Um, but similar to like Navita's um, kind of not allegation. Whoa. Um, her statement of like classes. We have that too, but it's like literally after three weeks of school, like the first week, like that's the first week. After three weeks of the start of school, you won't be able to like change your classes anymore. You won't be able to take it out, put another class in, etc. And that is because, um, especially for AP classes, they go really quick. So if you miss even a month, you're really behind. And I know so many kids that drop out too. Not drop out of school, perhaps, but a lot of classes. And I feel like that speaks on open-mindedness of like how, our, I feel like our school system has been open-minded, quote unquote, on those courses before. A lot of schools I know were didn't allow that. And they kind of just told kids to suck it up. For, for school systems, I feel like while it also has opened other opportunities to, like, take different classes, it's still not a good environment. Like, there's still many other negatives, if that makes sense. But I don't know why I'm talking about school. We're talking about open-mindedness. So, actually, I'll go up to the point about group work. Sorry. I feel like group work especially can give you more open-mindedness because I hate when I work with people I don't know, honestly. But um, definitely to give you different types of views and perspectives and while your friends may have similar interests for me in the past working with other people I barely knew um I was able to learn new things and get new perspectives on things so yeah oh yeah yeah I can go off of that too because if you don't like know someone then I mean you you could learn more about them and like for example for physics we had this one group project and I knew the people in my group but I didn't know them that well and we had to meet up at someone's home to work on it because it was like, I mean, I told you guys about this. We went to build a boat. Yeah, didn't your group win? No, we got oh. second. It's close oh. enough. I'll tell you, it's just oh, one your, going off. Your boat floated though, right? Yes, our boat floated. Yeah, I remember you telling us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I learned a lot about those group members. Like one of them was my friend, but I learned a lot about all of them. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I can definitely understand that. Personally, I prefer to work with people who I know, but at the same time, I feel like I don't want to do work outside of school and we may goof off in class. We'll get it done, but we'll get it done at home. And I don't want to do work at home. I feel like I feel like I like what you got, like in the video, like how you guys did your like boat project. Like it sounds fun to work with like in a group outside of school because I don't know, I feel like in like someone's home, it's so much more like intimate and like, you can get to know each other more like and actually like succeed in doing the project whereas like I feel like if you're put in a group of strangers in school 
like you're already in kind of like a tense environment you're being like supervised by a teacher and you're like like I have to get this work done in a certain period of time but I feel like if you do it at someone's house like after school or like even on a zoom meeting like I feel like it's so much more casual and like you can exactly. your own kind of like time like exactly. period like, did... this is my problem go for it yeah. <laughs> um I was just gonna say um oh my gosh oh like based on the casualties like you have of like meeting after school and stuff the problem is with me like definitely having casual types of like moments for homework I barely get stuff done or I don't work as hard and that's kind of like social psychology you have that group thing where as a group it's kind of like the psychology saying that when you're a group you're less likely to be focused because when there's more group of people you don't have that independence and therefore you have that decrease of focus it's either called group think or another word but it's one of those terms um are we talking that, about um like that game theory thing like what i don't remember calling i don't remember it was called i don't remember it was called like something like that all i know is called something around like group think i don't have my notebook i would you know grab it and just slash through it i don't have it right now i'm gonna see but, how you find it go for it yeah yeah but it is a term where it kind of discusses how like since you're in a group you don't have that much focus and you don't really drag on that type of like um productivity because you're in a group and that's for me I have that a lot and in school why I feel more forced to do homework while it may not be the best to feel forced with doing homework especially when like your stress has increased at school um I just work better because I'm in a school environment and definitely I have gained that perspective of being in a school environment kind of means to do your homework um, in your span time, do your classwork, get your work done, etc. And with my home, when I'm at home, I have that stability. I don't have a lot of um, oh my god, I don't have a lot of stability with doing work. <laughs> For instance, like the podcasts and the amazing work at Team Brainwave. While it's amazing, I have really learned and changed my mindset at home because instead of doing work at school, I also have happily increased my productivity at being home. I'm able to do more work at home. Is it good? Not really, but it's it's a change. And I think it's really hard to do work at home than at school because obviously that mental psychology and mentality you have between both different environments. And I'm making I'm making this too long, but <laughs> definitely like I that it, for me, it just sucks for me. Sorry. I'm yeah. I'm so sorry, Tanya. So no, sorry. it's okay. I was just gonna say, like, I feel like working in a group and working individually, I feel like it really depends on this kind of situation, like what kind of work that you're doing if it's like a short like classwork thing like obviously like that's individual or if it's like a lab report like I feel like I would like to do that individually like do the lab together like this is how my physics class does it like our teacher makes us do the actual lab together like gather the data together and then do like the actual report report like like professionally like not I don't know how to say like formal oh, like a formal yeah. report, like we have to do it individually but we do the actual lab like together like I feel like that's so much more beneficial because like you work but then like also at the same time like you can come up with your own ideas by yourself and do the report how you want it to do but then like the actual lab which is like set you do with as a group you know what I mean? Tanya go for it no I'm just saying like I guess like that's an example of like when you should be in a group and then when you should do it individually and like connecting that back to like the stubbornness and open-mindedness of how that works in like group settings like if you have more control over something like you can do it your own way and that's like works best when you're like doing something individually rather than like a group if that makes sense I don't know 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so like the point you both brought up, um, it reminded me of this thing called game theory. That I I think that that's maybe what Madison was going off of, I hope. But basically it's kind of like, um, sorry, the first thing that came to mind was the Hunger Games. Um, because like there's a huge contrast between working in a group versus working on your own. Like if you work in a group, you have more chances to like get more supplies and to like do stuff but if you're working on your own you don't have to worry about like your team member like betraying you and obviously in like a concept of like a school group project that's not the same thing but um yeah personally Tanya I love how your school does it like where they give you like individual lab reports um for us we do the lab together we don't have like lab reports we just have like little worksheets that go along with their lab and most of the time we finish the lab in class, we don't only have time to like do the questions together. So then we do them at home and then we like reconvene the next day and we check them. But yeah, I feel like if you're in a group project, you just feel like a lot more motivated to like get your work done because it's not just about you anymore. Like if you don't get your own homework done, that's only affecting you. But then if you don't get a group project done, then you're affecting the entire group. Which is why, personally, I like to get all my group project work done first and then focus on my own work. Okay, so I'm going to shift some gears really quick. And um, I want to talk about more of, like, how open-mindedness happens. Like, not how it happens, but how it's more beneficial than just being placed in a school environment. Um, while it's, like, really, most likely, it's more beneficial in a school environment because as a, definitely as, like, a child and as a teenager, you're mostly in your school environment or at home. And more of that bias and... Um, the development of like having that bias or the, the reasoning like based on your um, hippocampus your amygdala and your cortex which all of them kind of relate to the having a bias um it, it um kind of develops throughout that time and age you grow different types of biases thoughts reasoning skills towards other people and societies and i feel like open mind when you have open mindfulness um as even as young as our age kind of helps instead of strength not instead of strengthening a shortened and limited um society you're perceiving it actually increases and you're able to have a holy holy a more whole um, perspective of other societies but yeah in general that's what i think what can open mindedness can do for a lot of environments and for people in general because even today, I feel like there's so much perspectives, but very that are very negative or limited to many other um, types of conditions and thoughts and other other types of things. Definitely, um, I think it also depends on like how you were raised. Like for example, um, I mean, like we learn a lot from like our early family members. Like depending on like maybe for example, if you were raised by, um, yeah, for example, like depending on like how you were raised. You may grow up with certain beliefs, but I think that the environment that you're exposed to, for example, if you're in like an environment, like for example, um, maybe school, um, everyone in school, it's not like everyone has the exact same beliefs. Everyone believes different things. Everyone has different views on situations and being exposed to an environment like school can help you like gain certain beliefs, um, maybe correct some misconceptions that you may have um, believed for a while and so like I feel like it depends on how you were raised and like the environments that you were exposed to especially when you're younger because like um I think I've read somewhere that like um from okay let me try this again I think I read somewhere that um 
when a baby is zero to two years old, that is when they're the most influenced by their surroundings. And so I feel like it depends on how like a baby's raised, like what they're exposed to, what their guardians may believe. Um, and that can influence how stubborn they are and how open-minded they can become. But yeah, um, I also feel like with open-mindedness, um, I like to think that in a society that we're living in today, like each day we're getting more and more open-minded, like um, like looking back at previous examples in history and comparing them to now, I think that our beliefs have definitely come a lot more further and that we're a lot more open to like changes and that um, like the idea of acceptance and um, love and kindness, like we're showing it to more groups of people and I love that for society. I think it's amazing. And I hope that in the future, we continue to um, keep on growing more and more open-minded. And yeah, we'll just see where the future takes us. Yes. I love that little, like, that view you have. It's so, like, immaculate. It was really amazing. <laughs> um, definitely, I feel like increasing those type of, like, open mindfulness is really helpful, not just for, like, having biases against other people for, like, a variety of reasons, also to gain more of a retrospective, yeah, my gosh, to gain more, like, a retrospective of, you know, what life can give for you, and I sound like I'm being very faithful, but I mean, as what life can give you is, like, the many opportunities and growth you have throughout since you were born to, you know, your elderly age, and I feel like being my open mindfulness can give you so much more opportunities, thoughts, experiences, and just, a whole new, um, once again, retrospect of what can life can offer and what you can learn overall as a person and a human being. Um, however, I'd like to drag on to the negative parts of what open mindfulness can maybe bring. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Like if there's a, maybe any negatives? Um, I feel like personally, one maybe could be that having a lot of open mindfulness can also lead to just a huge amount of negative bias. One instance could be social media. We all have it. We all been there. And Definitely, I see more negative perspectives of people than good. Like, for instance, um, I was watching this video about, like, fat acceptance and fat positivity. And what's the difference between expressing yourself and loving your body versus continuing maybe bad lifestyles? Bad lifestyles can make you that, oh, my gosh, bad lifestyles that can either make you um, very unhealthy as a human being besides your looks or that can be very detrimental to your health. And... I guess, you know, you guys know who Adele is, right? The singer, the beautiful singer, you know? Yes, I love her. I, she lost um, weight, not recently, I think like a year ago too. Maybe I'm just dumb. But um, she did have like an, a huge weight loss, which is good for her. However, people start getting upset at her, um, saying that, oh, like she was, you know, a feminist. And like her losing weight shows that she doesn't have fat acceptance or body positivity. And I'm like, whoa. Like, whoa. that shouldn't I be really okay. hate that because like, someone's like a choice to lose weight shouldn't be like doesn't mean that they hate fat people you know what I mean yeah and and it's so weird to me this oh sorry were you still speaking no oh (laughs) okay I'm so sorry um but um like with those things like for example not for example but I'm trying to say like like for her I feel really happy for her like she lost weight and she lost it in a healthy way she like said like oh like I worked out like you know like I tried to work out a bit more have more healthy life habits and she didn't lose it in a negative way she didn't lose it because she perceived herself as someone bad or anything like that she just wanted to have a better lifestyle and that's good for her like she should be praised for it instead of being dragged down and I feel like that's even today 
within open mindfulness, we have so many negative aspects and negative views about who we are. Like, for example, for, for oh my gosh, for instance, like um, how we perceive ourselves even with our acceptance of our body positivity as well as how we look. I think that's even today for, um, for teenagers very hard to accept because with all the social media like of body standards and the many types of standards we have in a variety of cultures, that can be very negative to you. And I feel like a lot of people are going through that now. Like a lot of teenagers, especially from social media and Snapchat and people who are stating, who think these things and perceive them based on like these actions that happen. So like, for instance, once again, with Adele's weight, people saw it as a way as she was not happy with herself, which was totally wrong. She was doing it for a positive. And I think a lot of people now are doing it for a negative instead of a positive, if that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like social media and like social media gives way to a lot of hypocrites. Like, for example, if a person is gaining a lot of weight, people tell them to be skinnier. And if a person is very, very skinny, they tell them to gain weight. But then like there's just no one can live peacefully on social media. Like people are always going to be criticized for something. And I think that that's horrible. Exactly. And when people fit in those social standards, quote unquote, then they get knocked off like oh like she's just a pretty blonde or those kind of things which kind of contrasts with being ideal and not ideal which further kind of just messes up your head especially for children that may be even on social media and tanya i think you were speaking my bad so sorry no it's okay i was just gonna say like um like connecting that to open mindfulness right not open-mindedness open mindfulness which one is it i'm saying i'm saying open mind open oh my gosh open mindfulness that's what yeah I'm that makes more sense okay yeah connecting that to open mindfulness I feel like with the whole like um like social media kind of telling you what to do like I feel like that's when it needs to like stop like I like obviously like before that like no one should tell you what you can and cannot do with your body but I feel like open open mind like everyone thinks like like society says like you need to be like like thin waist but like you have, to have like a big like like hips and stuff like that like you like that's when like the open open mindfulness like becomes kind of negative like you shouldn't just be thinking because everyone else is telling you some to do something doesn't mean that you have to do it too like you should be stubborn about like the fact that like you should like want like if you want your body to look a certain way like you should want that not because someone else told you to exactly like stick to your principles like yeah. Um, it's like one thing to like like if you like realize that maybe your principles can be modified in a way then go for it but like I feel like along with that sometimes being too open-minded can lead you to defend actions that may not be what you may deem socially acceptable yeah like mm-hmm. like for example like I remember when I was like in middle school like remember the Kylie Jenner lip trend where people would put their lips in like a shot glass or like a vacuum and like they would make yes. them like, like I feel like everyone was doing that because like she like just got her lip injections in and everyone was like trying to get like lip injections like fuller lips without Botox and I feel like ever since like a lot of people obviously like hate the fact that she kind of promoted that or like whatever like I don't know like maybe she promoted like young people to like want their lips to be bigger but I feel like it should be your own choice whether you want big lips or not, not just because Kylie Jenner told you to. Like, a bunch of people were, like, hating on her because of that. Like, you're telling, like, because they are really big influencers, like the Kardashian family in general. 
but then it's your like own decision whether you follow that or not like exactly you know what I mean like I, I feel like we shouldn't really like yes they are really big influences but they haven't they are not telling people that they're role models they're not telling people to follow them you know what I mean they're just like yeah. things and like everyone kind of just like does it because they think it's a trend but I feel like it shouldn't really be like that it should be like you choose if you want to do that or not based on your own opinions not because a big group like society tells you to yes exactly I was going to go up to the point where like even today like I see so many TikToks and like YouTube reels and Instagram reels whatever you want to call it um on like the Kylie lip trend and that it's still even going today and just like clips of her talking about her lips and how good her lips is which good for her like like I'm not telling her to shut up about it but then all these people are like oh my gosh like I should copy Kylie Jenner's lips I'm like what's the point though I feel like that it's negatively affecting people that cannot maybe see themselves to be beautiful with their appearances and although lips are like not like a huge issue or a piece of like who you look like or you know how you perceive yourself if you even plug that into other aspects like um like weight loss videos or people that you know um lose lose weight in like a very negative way like you should be losing weight with exercise uh, um good food than just starving yourself or drinking a lot of um you know like drinking a lot of energy drinks alcohol etc and i keep going to weight loss just because that's like a huge issue today of what i have seen Mm -hmm. um like a beauty anorexic having body positivity versus fat acceptance which we can go like in a whole nother route i feel like it'll be a really a really cool discussion to talk about but um definitely like coming up with what you said i feel like um with having that influence has many negative consequences and with having that mindfulness you can negatively affect yourself mentally and physically and even psychology which psychologically which fits best in our podcast yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, the societies, like, the standards that we set on ourselves are what lead things, like, eating disorders or um, body shaming or, like, really a lot of negativity on social media. Um, I mean, there have been, like, I mean, for example, we see, like, some of our favorite influencers, and maybe they're trying out this, like, new trend, um, whether maybe it's, like, a hair trend, a clothing trend or whatever, and we look up to them in a way and we kind of see ourselves as we can be them and so we do it but at the same time we're like we're like erasing ourselves in place of them like if that makes any sense yeah and like I don't know if you can connect this to stubbornness and open open mindfulness or not like that kind of like following like trends and stuff but I feel like you know, there's, like, an extent to where it needs to, like, end, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. influencers, like, 99.9% of the time, they're paid to promote a bunch of, like, random stuff, like, whether it's, like, diet, like, pills, or, like, food supplements, like, I know that's really big, like, you know what I mean, in, like, especially yeah. in the weight loss community, but it's so unhealthy, like, I feel like me and my, like, in my lane class, we did, like, a project on this book that we read, um called brave new world and it's like a satire on like the modern society and stuff like that and we had to do like uh, a poster kind of like satire but not really but like on society and we talked about like how influencers like they're paid to, paid to promote stuff that are not even like worth it like for example like the charlotte i don't know if you guys have seen it but like the charlotte tilbury like contour and highlight ones like that was blowing up on tiktok but like when you think about it it's not even that good of quality they barely give you any product but just because like 
like a bunch of your favorite influencers told you to buy the thing, you spent $40 on it. So I feel like then you should kind of like reel back and like assess and like reevaluate like your mindset. Like, should you really be following what someone else is saying just because they have like a big following and a lot of money and like connections? Exactly. Wasn't there this like one thing with like, um, what's her name? Gabby Hanna? What, what about her? Yeah, that thing. Yeah, something. I forgot the name of the product. Um, I don't know. But there was like this like product that she was promoting and the product was actually not very good and people were complaining about it. But um, yeah, at that point, it's just like, when do you like draw the line? Like you're trying to like, I feel like many people like try to be open minded in the aspect that like, okay, they're going to try and um, they're going to like try and like expand their views, which is amazing. And I fully support that. But at the same time, if in your gut, you have a feeling that what you're doing may not be the best for you. Like, for example, if you feel like you're buying a product only for the um, publicity that that product has, and not because it'll like genuinely help you, then at that point, like, you like you need to stop and like you need to reevaluate yeah and we only have three minutes left so maybe we should start wrapping up now yeah okay any like any like final thoughts kind of relating to the whole like social media influencer stuff and kind of like relating that to being stubborn and open mindful i was just going to summarize like overall about like mindfulness yeah Yeah, go ahead I feel like maybe we discussed a lot. Um, I know we discussed stubbornness and open mindfulness, like both terms. Um, I do feel like we also discussed the positives and negatives of both terms, I believe. Maybe not as much as in stubbornness, but I know we did a lot heavily um, with mindfulness. And I believe that even today, we always see mindfulness and stubbornness as a positive and negative thing. So definitely not stubbornness as a positive thing, but more as a negative and open mindfulness as a positive and not a negative. So I feel like that we us can even be open-minded to see both of these um, re- correlations between what's negative and positive with even terms that aren't really subjective to being positive or negative. I feel like that's a really huge idea and being open-minded for these terms as well as many others, um, as well as perspectives and retrospective oh my god I can't speak um but yeah like being able to perceive on all those other aspects open mindfully can further benefit your life and success yeah and to kind of go off of what you were saying like just to kind of wrap up like I feel like there's pros and cons like I said in the beginning to both sides like I feel like there's good things about being stubborn also bad things and the same thing can be said about mindfulness so I feel like that's like the one big picture I feel like we all need to take away from the episode like yeah just like you kind of need to think about it in every kind of situation so any last thoughts yeah it's yeah um can I yeah you have like two seconds though uh yeah it's like there's not just one dimension there's like I mean everyone has like 15 gazillion layers to them and it's not like we can say the stubbornness is bad and the open-mindedness is good because that's not always the case that's how society and that's how we've like deemed it to be but there's more than one side to everything yeah okay um thank you guys for listening to this week's episode i believe this is our second to last episode for the session or is right we have one yeah it is time flies so fast i know it's really sad 
but yeah thanks again hope you liked the episode and like can take away a bunch from what we talked about and kind of like apply it to your real life because I feel like every a lot that we said can apply to your everyday life like comparing to like other episodes where we just talk about like random stuff but like yeah oh my god hi everyone I'm gonna do a plug-in because I actually really like this topic um Tanya Madison and Nevidita did an amazing job going over everything but I did want to go through a couple of points um with this with this discussion um I think it's really important for people to realize that when they are being closed-minded or um when they are be getting to the point where the, they get called stubborn like with middle eastern people people i'm middle eastern and we're very well known to be stubborn and um and all that good stuff um and i think it's really important to have an open mind like for example with with my parents or people who are immigrants from the middle east they are a lot more close-minded um than like the 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 kids that they they're their kids that have grown up here in America and um I think it's it's common with all immigrants I'm not saying it's Middle Eastern maybe Middle Eastern well that was a lot of words really fast but it's very common with like all immigrant parents um and it's just because the community they were raised in and I feel like it it those are one of the things that show like the complete difference between open-minded and closed-minded people and uh how the way you were raised and the environment you were raised like you see you you were surrounded by kind of impacts the way you are um and I feel like it's really important for us nowadays to keep an open mind because sometimes that stubbornness and that closed-mindedness is going to push people away and lead to so many arguments um that are very draining because you may feel like you're going to make someone feel like you're not listening to them if you're closed-minded um going into something and if you're stubborn so it's very important in a lot of i'm not saying like always have an open mind if you feel strongly about something go for it but do have a part that's kind of understanding in that aspect and i think it's really important um i don't i don't want to take too much time because i don't i don't know (laughs) i feel like i had a lot to say but i don't I don't want to say it alone because I would want it to be discussed and see everyone's opinion. But it's okay. Um, that that's what I did want to say. Um, I just wanted to show the difference between, uh, like the environment we were raised by, and the impact that has. And yeah. Um, hopefully you guys have a good rest of the week, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.